All of us has our favourites. I have lots from more than 50 years of stargazing. One of my recent faves is that occasionally goofy, generally unpredictable, always entertaining Steve Johnson. One of the things I most admired about Stevie J was his ability to rise to the extra demands of finals. Three flags, a Norm Smith medal and average disposals of 20 from 26 finals just about says it all. You loved the big stage, Stevie, didn't you? Did you ever get nervous? Uh, thanks for the introduction, Mike. Uh, I did love the finals. I was very fortunate that I played it at a club that uh, got the opportunity to play in lots of big games. And um, I think the more finals I played in, uh, the more confident I become. But you seem to be born for September and, and there was no hint that you just didn't believe that, you know, that was your platform. Oh, I used to wind myself up uh, for the for the, the big games, uh, no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, as I said, I used to go in with some basic principles that would allow me to play well for any game of footy. Um, and usually if I tick those things off, uh, I'd be confident that I'd come out and I'd play a good game. Any nerves in the rooms beforehand? Not really. I wasn't one of those players that um, done too much in the rooms. I used to be one of the larrikins, have a bit of fun, you know, kick footies around the corner, those type of things. And I really didn't switch on until I crossed the line. And then, um, you know, I'd be building it up in my mind throughout the week and building it up as if it's going to be a war and my opponent wants to, to take me down. So I was preparing for that. But um, on game day, I was quite relaxed until uh, the ball was bounced. You know I've been trying to get... Well, you know, of course you do, that I've been trying to get you for about three years. Yeah. I was surprised at your reluctance. You... As I said to you in one, my most recent text, if you had been a girl, I would have dropped off you by now. Yeah, you were pretty persistent. Uh, I think the thing that played in your favour was you always looked after me as a journalist when I was playing. Um, and I probably didn't want to uh, come on when you first asked me. I don't like talking about my career uh, on a serious note too often, but um, I've got to hand it to you. You are very <laughs> persistent. I think the Geelong boys think you're happy to talk about your career. Yeah, over a couple of beers, I uh, <laughs> probably can embellish a, a few of my games, but um, it's all a bit of fun. 2007, the flag against Port Adelaide. 2009, unusually quiet for you in the grand final. Yep. 2011, another good one. What happened in 2009? In 2009, um, I had a, a really good season, but um, in the lead-up to the, the finals, I hurt my hip, so... Um, the last six games of that season I was really battling and um, I decided to go and see a hip surgeon in Tasmania who, um, who ended up um, performing an arthroscope on my hip only a couple of weeks before the prelim final. I got back for the prelim final and uh, played, played OK. okay. Yep. I played OK against Collingwood and, uh, and then, yeah, leading into the grand final I was quite sore. Um, along with that, um, I got the match-up of Stephen Baker who... Um, you know, was one of my toughest opponents over my career who um, was, you know, just got the better of me that day. He, he tried every type of tactic to, mm. to put me off my game and it worked. And, um, yeah, it was a quiet day. Some within the law, some outside the law. Yeah, I think um, he's been on record as saying the night before the game he sharpened his stops up, um, which I felt the brunt of. Uh, he taught, he uh, shredded the back of my calves by just grinding his, his stops down the back of me. And and the one thing um, during that game is I, I couldn't I couldn't get uh, a touch. Um, you know I was getting to the right positions at times, but because he'd been belting the back of my elbows, I had no feeling in my hand. So 
on a few occasions got there to receive a handball or a kick and the ball just slipped straight through my hands because I had no feeling. Wow. No possessions to half-time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's How do you feel about that going in, off the ground, into the rooms at half-time, not having touched the footy? Yeah, not great. Um, clearly, you set yourself to play well in the big games and... Um, yeah, it's a pretty lonely feeling out on the MCG mm. when you're not touching the ball when you, and you're supposed to be one of the real playmakers of, of your team. Uh, but one bit of advice I got uh, off Brendan McCartney as a young player at Geelong was uh, if you're not having a good day, don't have a shit day. Mm. So um, I knew that I could um, turn it around. I knew I could have some sort of impact uh, in the second half. But... Um, it certainly wasn't, wasn't one of my better days, and credit has to go to my, my opponent. You, uh, you were involved in a pretty important passage late in the game that day, weren't you? Yeah, one of the few passages of play uh, I was involved in was, was the, uh, the kick inside to, to Gary Ablett Jr. late in that game, uh, where Zach Dawson was coming from you know, 20, 30 metres away. I squared the ball up, and the ball seemed to sit in the air for an eternity, but... Um, yeah, he just got there to, to spoil and then it hit the deck and that's when Scarlett comes through with yeah. the famous toe poke. That wasn't the last encounter you had with Stephen Baker, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, the first game of the next season, uh, he comes straight to me again. Uh, it was a replay of the grand final against St Kilda at the MCG and uh, he's continued on with the same tactics. Did you have a broken hand that day? I broke my hand early in, the, in a contest and I was rubbing my hand and uh, he's seen that, uh, a sign of weakness, and he started punching it. And um, Let's have a look just before you go on. Let's have a look at how things transpired that day. So there's uh, <laughs> you and Stevie Baker. Yep. It's pretty aggressive, isn't it? Yeah, there was a couple, yeah. couple of uh, punches, but it was a Friday night game, so I knew the cameras were going to be on. And um, Look at that. And they were going to be on us two particularly, given our, given our history. So I'd broken the broken the bone in my hand and, and he seen that and, and started whacking it. So after that, it was in quite a bit of pain. I went off and seen the, seen the doctor who uh, took me down into the, into the rooms and, and told me that I'd broken my hand and I said, well, how long am I going to miss with this? And he <laughs> said, uh, probably two or three weeks. You'll need to have a, a plate inserted. And I said, OK, can you get me back out there? And he said, um, yeah, I can put a blocker in there and you'll be able to go back out. You won't have any feeling in your hand. I thought... Okay, this is the opportunity, the best opportunity I'll ever get to to hit him back with not a lot of consequences. So um, the ball went over our heads late late in that uh, in that game, and and he went to to block my run again. And I just thought this is a, this is a chance, and threw my elbow back and and flushed him in the eye. You did, yeah, yes, that was good contact. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't the best sound, but. Um, I definitely got one back on. So, so, in that context, when someone's hounding you like that, do you think that's fair play? Look, it's um, it is what it is. I, I think uh, you know, with players like that, if they were playing in my team and doing a role for their for my team to help us win, I, I would I would love to have them on my team. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily dislike Stephen Baker for the way he went about it. Um, I don't respect what he what, what he'd do on occasions, but um, yeah, I, that's what he that's what he had to do to get the best out of himself mm. to play his role for his team, and I respect that. So, would you would you be happy to have a conversation with him if you met in the street? 
Yeah, I have. I've caught up yeah. with him since. Uh, he's a mate of Lenny Hayes's, and Lenny yep. Hayes was an assistant coach at the Giants while I was there. And uh, he texted me one day and said, Stevie Baker's catching up uh, with me at a pub in Hunters Hill. Why don't you come along? And I did, and we had a good laugh about it. And um, you know, I think that's one of the great things about footy. Let's go back to the summer of 2006 and seven. Right? You've gone home to Wangaratta, and uh, things went off the rails a bit, didn't they? You had uh, trouble with the constabulary? Yeah, I did. I uh, went back for Christmas. Uh, I'd had a pretty lean um, end of the season. I'd had, had some surgery. I was an in inconsistent player up until that point. And I uh, went home and that was my opportunity to catch up with some mates and, and, uh, and have a few drinks. And there was one, one night back home there where I, I had a few too many. And uh, I ended up leaving the, leaving the, the local pub and, and, and going home and I said to one of my mates, I'm going home, he said, why don't you come back to our house and, and we'll uh, play some cards or something when, when we get back. And uh, I went back to his house, I knew exactly the address, and uh, I ended up falling asleep on the outdoor setting out the back. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, one, two o'clock in the morning that I was woken up by the police uh, asking me what I was doing there. He'd moved, hadn't he? I didn't know at the time, but uh, <laughs> I'd been home for six months. <laughs> And I'd gone to where he used to live, but he, uh, he'd moved out. So mm. it was unfortunate that uh, I was then uh, found myself on the wrong side of the law. <laughs> so we, what happened then? You, were you arrested or were you just taken down to the...? I was taken down to the local cop shop and, and, uh, and given a spell for three or four hours and, and then let go. No charges or anything like that. But um, yeah, I, after that, I thought, well... You know, if the club finds out about this, I'll be in deep trouble. So I didn't tell anyone about it. And, and then it was about a week or two later that a Channel 7 reporter called Neil Baum, the footy manager, and said, we'd heard that, you know, Steve Johnson's been locked up in Wangaratta. Is it true? And, and I hadn't told him. So um, with that, uh, I was brought um, in front of, you know, the, uh, the powers that be and, and also the leadership group at Geelong and given a pretty heavy punishment. That was... I think their patience had run out then, hadn't it? I mean, they knew how good you were, yeah. but they were worried about these sort of lapses in behaviour. Yeah, I think they knew what I was capable of, but they were uh, pretty concerned with my behaviour and probably you know, part of that was I was an inconsistent player because I wasn't getting the best out mm. of myself. So uh, they gave me a, a three-month suspension. They threatened my career at, at, uh, on that day and I was really worried about it. Um, but when they... Uh, brought me in front of them and said, this is what you need to do. You need to earn our respect before you're welcome back at this club. I went away. I was angry for one or two days. Uh, but then I thought, well, there's no point being angry with, you know, Tom Harley, who was leading the charge mm. on that occasion, and any of those guys in the leadership group who a few of them were my really good mates. Um, I've got to do something about this. So I went away and got extremely fit. You were effectively warned off the footy club for three months, weren't you? You didn't train. Yeah. Didn't train with the footy team. No, I wasn't allowed to train with the, with the, with the boys. Uh, I had to come in and train with the VFL team at night and uh, on, on the, uh, the other days off, I had to train by myself, which was something I actually really enjoyed because uh, some would have thought that maybe I wouldn't be able to come back from it, but I really love proving people wrong. So mm. uh, when I was by myself, I trained harder than ever. I, I got a boxing coach who I... Uh, box with three days a week and then on the other two days a week I would train with uh, Ronnie Watt who was a, mm -hmm. the VFL coach 
and and then I'd ride my bike, you know, around Bowen Heads and back yeah. the other two or three days a week. So I got extremely fit. I couldn't necessarily run too much because I still did have some lingering injuries. But when I got back to playing in the VFL, uh, I was I was super fit and I was playing in the midfield. So when I got my opportunity to then come back into the senior side, I could have an immediate impact. Round six, Geelong are playing Richmond. Uh, you smashed them, didn't you? Yeah, we yeah. did. You had 21 disposals and kicked two goals. You lost one more game from uh, then on. Yep. And you won the Norm Smith medal that year. Amazing turnaround, wasn't it? Your career was at the crossroads yeah. in, in April, and there you are with the Norm Smith medal in September. Yeah, it was a fair turnaround, um, and it's probably a reflection of, you know, they, the leadership group made the right decision. They decided to take footy away from me because they knew how much I loved the game, and uh, that was a real shock to my system, but it was what I needed because I needed to give my body the best opportunity mm. to, to play my best football, uh, and then I needed to earn the respect of my teammates. And as soon as I come back in for that first game back against Richmond where we had a huge win, I, w I thought I'd do anything to win back the respect of my teammates. So I, I had a real mindset of how can I bring others into the game? I don't want to be um, branded a selfish player. I want to be a player that brings others into the game as much as possible. So I got just as much enjoyment out of the goal assists from that point on as what I did kicking the goals myself. You kicked four in the granny. Do you remember a conversation you had with Ken Hinckley at three-quarter time <laughs> that day? Obviously you do. Kenny uh, used to say to his teammates down in the back line, mind my man, I'll be back in three Brownlow votes. <laughs> at three-quarter time, the game was clearly won. Uh, and I heard Kenny say, uh, Stevie, come over here. He was our forwards coach. And he was getting the forwards together. And I thought, I'll just pretend I can't hear him here. Uh, I just grabbed a drink of water and he, I heard him say, Stevie, come over here. I, again, I just pretended I didn't hear him. And then I, I sort of seen him out the corner of my eye walking over to tap me on the shoulder. And when he tapped me on the shoulder, he said, Stevie. I said, don't call me Stevie, call me Norm. <laughs> I've heard that a hundred times, but I love it. I, I knew I'd played a, a really good game of footy uh, because I'd kicked goals early in the game, I'd set a few up. But when you're winning by a, a game of footy by 20 goals, there's going to be some pretty good contributors mm. across the ground. And Scarlett was one of them. I think he had 30 possessions from the back line and keep, kept his man to, you know, under 10. Uh, Chapman also kicked goals that day and was a, a real playmaker. So um, the only reason I knew that they were going to call my name is someone comes up to you uh, when you're on the ground before the announcement to tell you that uh, you've won the Norm Smith just in case you need to get a speech organised. Bomber was pretty tough on you early, wasn't he? You went up and down a bit from uh, seniors to uh, to reserves, didn't you? Yeah, he was like that with, with a lot of us players. I mean, Bartel played a lot of VFL footy. I got dropped on a couple of occasions. Uh, but he taught us a lot of very, very good lessons. Uh, the one thing that, you know, I loved about his coaching was he always... Um, demanded we train with real intent and the the basics of footy and the fundamentals of footy that he'd taught us he knew that they'd stand up in finals when we were when we were going to be good enough to uh, to get there and 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 when we get got there uh, he knew that we'd be prepared well to, to win finals Stevie 2003 or four I can't remember which one you didn't play your first game until round 13 yeah Why? oh well uh, it was another off-field indiscretion, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing this one up. It's actually caused me a fair bit of pain over the years, but 
Uh, I had a, a couple of mates come up from Wangaratta and uh, there was a Christmas party for Geelong. We were sending off Mitchell White, who'd played a couple of years at, at Geelong, premiership player at West Coast, and I was quite close with him, so we went down to Torquay and uh, at the end of the night, the boys wanted to, uh, to go into Geelong and check out the nightlife and we walked outside and there was, there was no taxis, so I... Um, I said, we'll go back into the pub. Anyway, there was, a, there was a lockout, so I think the story's been that we were kicked out, but that wasn't the case. But there was a lockout and we couldn't get back in, so I said, I've heard stories of people walking around the back fence <laughs> and jumping over that and getting straight back in. We'll be at the bar in no time. I didn't anticipate how high the back fence was. It was actually a, a toilet block, so when I leapt off to get back in, and I shouldn't have gone first, but when I took that leap, um, it was a long way down, and. I, I stuck the landing, but I knew I'd smash my ankle straight away. Ankle or ankles? I broke both ankles. Wow. Didn't you, severely... you walked home that night, didn't you? No, I, well, I walked outside the pub. I walked, I walked straight away. On two broken ankles? Yeah, and then I was in a bit of denial for probably 24 hours. I went down to the beach the next day to see if that... Salt water? Salt water. I <laughs> thought that might help, but um, I had to call up the club doctor and Bomber Thompson the next day and, and tell them what I'd done and get x-rays and... It was pretty grim news when I got the mm. the X-rays back. Do you remember Bomber's response? Yeah, he wasn't too happy, and he'd spoken to the doctor, and he'd told him how serious it was. Uh, so he was extremely upset, as I mm. was. Um, and when I first met the surgeon, he he uh, he gave me no guarantees that I'd ever play footy again. Gee. And subsequently had seven operations on the right ankle over the over the next two or three years. A couple of years later, Steve. Um, I remember this story vividly. I was really surprised that it appeared that you were headed for Collingwood. In fact, to the point that you did a, a medical with Collingwood. Yeah, I did. I, I, uh, there, was, there was a bit of noise around the trade period that, um, you know, Geelong were, were uh, offering me up. And, and I've heard different stories, but uh, I definitely had a, a meeting with Collingwood at the end of 2006. And it got to the point where... Uh, I'd been interviewed by you know, Mick Malthouse and Neil Baum and, and Gary Pert, um, and I think that had all been ticked off, that they were happy to get me, but I had to pass the medical and I went down the, the road to, to see the club doctor and, and I failed that medical. I think the, the feedback to the, to the coaching staff and the football manager was uh, it looked like I'd been in a car crash with uh, Gee. You know, how my ankle and knee looked at the time. So they passed up on, on trying to get me, which I wasn't too concerned about because I, I loved Geelong and I wanted to play there forever. Let's fast forward to 2015. Uh, you had, I think, a modest year, I reckon. 20 games, yeah. 30 goals, and 10 of those came against teams down the bottom of the ladder. Yep. And the Cats then shock you with the news that um, there's not going to be a spot for you the following year. Yeah. Were, were, you, were you disappointed, frustrated, angry, hurt? What, what, how would you best describe well, it? Well, I wasn't shocked, but um, I did have a pretty poor year and I was on the back of, you know, in my view, I, I had a, a really poor pre-season that year and, and I, as I was getting older, it was harder to, it's harder to come out on the back of no pre-season and have a really strong year. For the years leading up to that, I was really consistent from 2007 to 14. It was my first uh, really 
poor season. Um, and I think they were making decisions on the direction that the club needed to go from that point on. And at the end of the season, I wanted to know where I sat and I wanted to continue on playing. And uh, I think Geelong had made some decisions around who they were going to bring into the club a bit more youth and maybe shift out a couple of the older guys. Was so, it the time of Paddy Dangerfield coming in? Yeah, yeah. I think Dangerfield had, had um, already basically committed to the club and Lockie Henderson was another and and um, Scott Salwood uh, another. And there was also some younger forwards coming through that they wanted to, to back in. So, um, yeah, it wasn't the news I was after. I would have loved to have conti continued on playing at, at, at that club, which I love so much. But um, I think there was a, a number of reasons behind why they moved me on. In retrospect, was it the right decision? If you look back at what's transpired since, did Geelong... Hard decision though it was, was it the right decision? Um, By them? If they, th if they thought that it was purely based on my footballing ability going forward and losing what I once had, I think you would say it was the wrong decision because I had a pretty good year the following year at the Giants. Yep. But if, there was, if it was more so the fact that they needed to shift some older guys out to get those other guys into the club, well, they would say that it's the right decision. You walked a lap of Cadinia Park after your last game, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, with your son? Yep. So you knew before going into that game that it was all over? Yeah, I got told on the Tuesday or okay. Wednesday. Okay. Was that, that seemed to be a really meaningful moment for you? Yeah, it was probably uh, my uh, best memory in footy, apart from the premierships. Really? Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I was a little bit upset and emotional early, earlier on in the week. Um, I could fully understand the, the decision, but... Um, uh, early in the week I was emotional and then I thought, well, let's make it a celebration. Stokesy and James Kelly were playing their last game and, and uh, I thought, well, this is an opportunity to, to say thank you to the Geelong supporters and we had a really good win that day. And then uh, it was a packed house and, and you could just see that no-one had gone home mm. after the game. They were still just hyped up and uh, I got to walk a lap with my son Archie and they were, you know, there was a standing ovation for, for the three of us yeah. and uh, it just meant so much to me. Did you fall out with Chris Scott over that decision? Not really. Uh, I didn't... Um, you know, I used to speak to Chris. I had a really good relationship with, with Scotty as a player, probably one of the closest relationships. We used to play a lot of golf together and... Um, you know, I understand those decisions, decisions need to be made. And because you're a coach now. Yeah, but I knew at the time. I've had a fa fairly good understanding of how football clubs work. I've mm. been involved for 14 years to that point, so um, I don't hold any um, anger towards anyone. Did you at the time? Not really. Uh, no? He did pop around to my house after the after I'd been told by Steve Hocking um, to have a beer with me, and you know it was an, it was probably a little bit awkward. But now those decisions. So you had the be beer. Made. Yeah, we had a few beers together. But it was tense. A little bit tense, but no, it was it, it wasn't too much in it. I, I I thought he was a great coach in my time at Geelong, and he always um, gave me every opportunity to play well. That's one thing he d he did when he come in, and um, you know he's a premiership coach in his first year, and there's no way we would have won that flag if it wasn't for for him coming to the club. The the the, the two years at uh, oh, just no, before I go, what, what do you say that you don't think had Bombers stayed that you would have won the flag. No, I don't think so. I think um, by that stage, I think Bomber had lost... Uh, you know, he's a great coach from, for a number of years, but I think he'd sort of... He, he wasn't 
as committed as what he'd been in the past. That's, that's all, probably what I'd think of that. Your two years at GWS, first one was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was reasonable. You didn't yeah. appear that you'd lost much of your magic in that first year. Had S Johnson played in that preliminary final, might mm. things have been different that year? Yeah, potentially. Uh, it was only a goal in the game, so mm. you'd like to think that you would have been able to make the difference. Why don't you pretend you're with your Geelong mates and say, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, uh, Callum Ward actually went down pretty early in that game. He got knocked out, so yeah. uh, there's a few reasons why we weren't able to get over the line, but uh, that's footy. You, you, you didn't appeal the decision that year. This is from the outside looking in. You copped your penalty of a week in the expectation that you'd be in the grand final. Yep. Yeah, I did. I backed us in and yeah. so did our, uh, the, guys, the other guys that were helping make that decision. We thought that it was too much of a risk given I had made contact with Josh Kennedy uh, in, in, the, in that first final. Uh, if I had have challenged and, and it not, you know, not been found um, guilty... Not been cleared, yeah. Not been yeah. cleared, yeah. sorry. I, uh, I would have been given two weeks, so if we had won the prelim, I would have then missed mm. the grand final. We had the Bulldogs at home. We were playing really good footy. It was a great game, wasn't it? It was, a, it was well, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Uh, and we had a, a, a really good lead, and then they kicked some, some forward stoppage goals, which um, just, uh, yeah, it just sunk the ship. Steve, when you're in the GWS colours and you come up against the Cats, how did that feel? It was quite a strange feeling knowing that I'd be coming up against some of mm. my best mates. Who'd you play on? Uh, I think I played a little bit on Corey Enright, a little bit on Harry Taylor and uh, maybe Jake Collar-Jasney. Any, any dialogue? Oh, there was a little bit of dialogue. Oh, not so much in that game, because uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't too lippy in that game, <laughs> um, even though we were winning. But um, certainly when they got on top of us, the next game I played against them, uh, the boys let me know that I'd put, a, put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah, Mackie and Lonnie, and I was never going to get away. Oh, Mackie! Because yeah, a few of my, you know, my best mates at Geelong, they're actually, you know, the backmen down there. So yeah, it was a funny feeling, but mm. I enjoyed it. You're, you're kicking. I, um, I mean, we've all marvelled at that. It remind you were a Collingwood supporter when you were a kid. There seems to be a lot of dacos in your approach to goal. Is that fair? Uh, well, he's probably more of a. A better kick at the banana kicks, whereas I'm more of a snap kick. But yeah, but the dribbles, certainly, yeah. yeah, certainly he was my idol growing up. I was a Collingwood supporter, and uh, I lived uh, obviously in the country. But um, there was a lot of room around my house to, to practice all those type of kicks. I had a footy in my hands um, every spare minute of the day. So uh, once I got home from school, you know, I had power poles out the front of the house. I had a basketball ring about 30 metres from my back veranda. I'd practice left and right foot, all the different kicks you could possibly do. Um, so I really got, you know, mastered my craft. So the basketball ring is not for basketball shots, it's no. for kicking the footy into. No, I'd kicked, I'd kicked the footy at that basketball ring more than I would have taken shots of a basketball. How'd you go? What was your conversion rate? <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't too high, but um, I got pretty consistent at, at least hitting the backboard. I was pretty competent and confident that I would be able to uh, kick the goals from the angles because when I went down to the local footy ground as a youngster, uh, that's where I took all the shots from. I'd never stand 25 metres out directly in front and kick drop punts. I would, uh, I would be, you know, having a bet with a with a mate, yeah. a can of fan or a Mars bar that I could kick a goal from the boundary. <laughs> uh, so that's where I learnt to um, 
to snap the ball over my shoulder. Who got the most mouse bars, him or you? No, I, I reckon I cleaned a few of my mates out. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching you play. Most people did, but you've always been one of my favourites. You were good, very good. You were brash. You're a bit of a rogue and you're a winner. And I've enjoyed every moment of watching you go around at two clubs. Thanks, Steve. Thanks very much, Mike. Appreciate it. This has been a Fox Sports production.